Amen. Amen. You guys go ahead and have a seat. Yes, I will. Uh, I love that song. I love that phrase. Because it's, it's a promise of a decision made ahead of time. It's saying to the Lord, I, I choose to praise. Yes, I will choose to praise you, even in the darkest valley, no matter the situation. Uh, and I love that. Did, did you know that according to many studies, that you make about 35,000 decisions a day? Uh, 278 of those about food, believe it or not. Um, if you've ever went out to eat with my wife, you'd say at least a thousand about food. Make up your mind, right? Yeah, so we, we do. We, we just have a lot of decisions made. We make a lot of decisions every single day. And uh, it's crazy when you think about how important some of those can be. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about how do you make a decision? What's the best way to determine what's the best path to take? So when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the, the reality of this weekend and that we choose to honor um, all those that made the decision to sacrifice their lives, to put their life on the line and, and actually lost their life so we can do this freely and get to worship the Lord. And for that, we at OCC thank you and honor you. Uh, to the loved ones, the family members, the moms and dads, the spouses, sons and daughters, that if you ever had someone that was lost by laying their life down, serving in the military, we, we honor you, we thank you. Um, no greater love has someone in this than to lay down their life for another. And, and uh, we, we honor you, we thank you. Um, and, and so think about that, man. That was a big decision. Somebody chooses to put their life down for the sake of others. That, that is a huge decision to make. And, and I was thinking about that. You know, we, we don't always make big decisions. Sometimes they're small. Sometimes it'd be about food. But sometimes we make decisions that really make an impact. Decisions that, if we're honest, can change a lot of things. My wife and I recently had to make a pretty big decision. And before I share that decision with you, I wanted to share with you kind of why we made the decision the way we did and to walk you through a journey of what uh, God has shown us and what it looks like to say yes to the Lord and how I hope you will see that saying yes to our Lord Jesus is always worth it, even when it's hard. So the first thing you always ask a question is, if you were to ask a question at all, it's, is it worth it? When you're evaluating a decision, the, the, every decision is a value proposition, is the way I like to say it. Like every time you're making a decision, you are looking at two scenarios, and you're trying to decide between which one is of greater value. And I remembered that distinctly about 12 years ago. Uh, 12 years ago, here's a Christmas photo of me. Uh, this was uh, me and Stephanie. This was uh, 2009, 2008, December of 2008, I think is when we actually took it. Um, and you see here, I didn't have the ability to grow a uh, beard yet. Um, and uh, I had a little gold chain action going on here. Something we did in the 90s and early 2000s. Don't worry about it. It's just something we did back then. Um, and then my wife looking exactly the way she does now, which is frustrating. And... Uh, and then we have this uh, crazy dog right there named Gizmo. Uh, but I remember back at that point, I, I remember back at that stage, because that was when my wife started asking the question, should we start going to church? Well, at that point, it had been years since I had been a part of a church. And I thought that I was not really useful there, that I'd messed up too much in my life. And there was no reason to go to a church to hear about a God who was done with me because I thought I was done with him. 
And so the first question we had is, is it worth it to go to church? And, um, and then from there, what we found out was we showed up. And, and it was just obedience just to give up our Sunday morning. It was that simple step. It was just to decide, should we get up this Sunday morning and go? And we did. And then we had another decision. We came and we sat over in this area right over here. And in front of us was Mark Ledford, the guy that was singing today. And uh, he introduced himself to us and invited us to a thing called a small group. Didn't know what it was at the time. Um, later on, I found out it meant that they were going to be at my house every week for the next 10 years. Um, but... <laughs> He didn't say that initially. Um, so, uh, but, but no, we, we've, it was incredible. So this small group, we, we made the decision to say yes. And even though they were strangers, we said, okay, come on to our house. Because I didn't realize they were moochers. And then they all came. And this was, this was our, our small group. This was our initial small group that all got together. And, and then we were all in our 20s and no kids. It was awesome. You know, we, we just were, were loving life. It was, it was great. And the quality of the photos back then, if you remember. This was, yeah, this is the way we, we roll. Uh, and, and so I remember saying yes to that group. And man, to be honest with you, this group changed my life. They, this is the first group, first group of people I ever met in my life that I, I told them about my failures and flaws, the depth of my sin. And they didn't flinch, but they said, I still love you. And God's not done with you yet. And that changed everything for me. And I remember that the next choice I had to make was, was it worth it to join OCC? Maybe you've wrestled with that decision here today. And is it worth giving my time and, and to serve there and to give there and tithe there? Is it, is it worth it? Like, is it worth really sacrificing and being a servant there at the church? And we joined and for six years, we served as a volunteer, as a deacon, a greeters ministry, children's area. We, d- we did a lot of different things volunteering at OCC for six years and and then it came to a point where God had been working along and, and I had a decision to make, another decision to make, where I had to ask if it was worth it. And that was whether to leave a big, comfortable corporate job and decide to come on board here at OCC. Do you remember this? This was me six years ago. Shout out to Billy G, old Bill Geiger there. Um, we were up here on the stage together and, and he introduced me as uh, the next, uh, I think he called it an apprenticeship, but it was an intern, part-time, and that I was going to come and serve you guys on staff. And that kicked off a moment where I went, oh man, is it worth it giving up all that I had to come and serve this body and serve our Lord and King in this way? And then I remember I had another decision to make, and that was whether or not to be honest with you guys about my struggles in my past. And I remember my first sermon if you guys remember this, I mean, check out those khakis and polo. I know some of y'all are like, bring it back. I call, I'm not. So, uh, but, but you remember this and it was like, man, I got the chance to, to share the truth of my background and the failures I was and I did and, I, and the things I struggled with and, and you guys didn't run, you ran towards me. Um, you didn't run away from me and you loved me and supported me anyways and you encouraged me in my very first sermon, which led me to my second sermon where I continued to share more. And we did a cardboard testimony and I shared about my suicidal broken background and running away from the Lord and how he's overcome all of that. And I remember you guys loving me despite all of that. And then I think about the things I did in sermon illustrations. If you think about back in the, some of the sermon illustrations I thought were worth it, like the Charlie Daniels, I don't know if you guys remember the, the violin, or you remember the time that I convinced our tech director to hang from the ceiling worth it 
just throwing it out there, totally worth it. I know it potentially cost his life. It was worth it. So it made a great illustration. Anyway, it's not happening today, I don't think so. Um, but, but nevertheless, it was, it was worth it. It was fun. But, but on a serious note, man, I remember we were talking about raising our kids here at this church and our children's ministry. And man, shout out to our children's ministry. They have loved our family. Here's the, one of the fall festivals that they were running. And man, Isabel and I, raising those kiddos here has been an absolute awesome, couldn't ask for anything better than the way they've loved you guys have loved our kiddos. And little did I know, many years ago, when I chose to say yes to coming to OCC the first time, just to, as a begrudging visitor, that it would put me in a family that loved us more than we ever thought we could be loved. Because there was a season coming in which I didn't realize we needed it more than ever. And it was when my wife was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And you remember this photo of these two beautiful baldies here who, um, man, that season there, you guys have loved us more than any man could ever be loved. And even to the end, when we found out that she was through chemo and radiation and surgery, that she was cancer-free, over a hundred of you knuckleheads lined up and messed up my whole neighborhood to go and honk horns and throw cards and flowers and just, you made it so special. And man, I love you so much for that. We love you. We thank you for loving us because you're worth it. You really are. Which makes this next part harder, but also very exciting. And that's to share with you that earlier this year, we had a decision to make. And that was whether or not to accept the call from the Lord to go and join Bridgepoint Church in St. Petersburg, Florida and accept a position to be on their preaching team and to be a campus pastor at that church. A church that we said, yes. Meaning that today is my last sermon on staff for you guys. And this church has been awesome. This is Bridgepoint Church. This is a place where I'll be preaching and this is their main location. And then this is their satellite campus. And it's because it had a green roof. I went, I'm a sucker for green roofs. That's, that's how I make decisions, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was it. And this is where we'll be serving and worshiping and praising God together. And church, it's, uh, there, there are no words to be able to tell you how much I appreciate and love you. I'm not a minister of this church. I am this church. I'm the visitor that became member, that became deacon, that became minister. And like any good wedding where you give away your son, I feel like I'm the son that's taken on a new family. But this will always be home. And church, you will always be worth it. And I love you. So before we continue, I wanted you to know that in every situation along the way, saying yes to the Lord was always the right answer. And it is today, as it was the first day when I decided to get out of bed and come to a Sunday morning service. Before we continue, let me pray for you. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for every minute and every hour that you've allowed me to be a part of this body. For the people here that are new, wondering what I'm talking about, Lord, I pray that they will, too, encounter the grace and love that this body has to offer, the way that they have loved my family. And God, but more than anything, I pray that today we learn from your word exactly what you want us to know, 
and that my final message that you have for me to share with my home church would be one exactly what you want them to know. Speak into their hearts, Lord. Use me one last time in this role on staff. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if I could share one last sermon with you over the next, oh, what do I have here? 20 minutes or so. Um, over the next 20 minutes, what this, this is what I would want you to know. If of all the things and choices they gave me to be able to preach on today, I wanted to preach on three words. And, and it was just these three words. I've, they're the most I've ever studied in the Bible. These three words, the most I've ever uh, went back to the original language that I've ever dove in deep. Uh, these three words are what I've written my largest paper in my master's classes on. These three words are essential teaching of Jesus. These three words were, were uh, stated over 70 times in Matthew alone, over 125 times in the New Testament. I believe that these three words, if you learn them and know them and apply them and live in them, then it'll set you up for the rest of your life to make the right decisions every time. And these three words were described by Jesus in this one, in these couple of parables I'm gonna share with you today. And it's the words kingdom of heaven, also known as kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Jesus shares with us these words in this way. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, everybody say joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. So Jesus is saying, this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God is worth it all. That if you stumble across it, if you're walking a field and you stub your toe on it and you found it, you would go sell everything you had in what? Joy. In your joy, you would go and sell everything you have to go buy the whole daggum field. Daggum's inserted in mine, but not in yours. The whole field, you would go buy the whole field. Why? Because it is of that much value. It is worth it. When you're making a decision and you're trying to figure out what is worth it, what Jesus is saying is that this kingdom of heaven is worth it. If you find it, it's worth everything. And you will, in your joy, go after it. Even when it's hard. It's worth it. But what is it? What is this kingdom of heaven? Is it a place? Is it through reveal series that we just went through? Is it, is it a place that we eventually go to? Yes and no. Is it a, a mystical thing? Is it, is it a political thing? What, what is this kingdom of heaven? Where do I find it? How do I get there? Where, where do I stay in it? And to summarize it all, all of those pages of writing on it. This is the best summary I can get you. This is from Kenneth Bailey. He's an author, professor, and linguist who studies these words. And uh, this is his kind of a little paragraph here that I'm going to share with you. It says, the kingdom of God is not making a statement about a thing. It's not just something out there. It's, called, it's something called the kingdom, but, but it's, it's about God, that he is king. Thus, the kingdom of God has come near means God is taking over as king. And to enter the kingdom of God is to come under the rule and accept him as king. He's saying when you encounter the, the kingdom of heaven, when you encounter the king, it changes the value of everything. And so if I could summarize it in a, in a brief way, it would be this. The kingdom of heaven equals the reigning and ruling of God. Anywhere that the reigning and ruling of God is foremost and utmost 
is, the, is where this kingdom of heaven is found. This, this kingdom of God that, is, that you hear is, is here but not yet. You, you'll hear these, uh, these phrases of the kingdom of God is drawing near. You see all throughout New Testament that it, the kingdom of God is here. It's, it's coming near. It's drawing near. The kingdom of God is, is coming. The kingdom of God is here in Christ. So you hear all these different phrases. And what it's saying is that anywhere where the reigning and ruling of God is fully maxed out, flushed out, that is where you want to be. And I'm going to teach a little bit on this a little bit further to help us remember it. But I believe that if you really grab a hold of that thought process, it's going to change your decisions. It's going to help you in making the big decisions in life. It's going to help you in how to live and make your daily decisions. And from small decisions to big ones. So the kingdom of heaven implies these three words. And I made it have some alliteration because I've been here for 12 years and that's what preachers do. So um, the, the first one is dwelling, dominion, and devotion. Okay, let's say that together. Dwelling, dominion, devotion. So, so these three Ds, this is, these encapsulate what you'll see throughout scripture of this concept of the kingdom of God. There is a dwelling, there is a dominion, and there is a devotion that takes place. A dwelling, a dominion, devotion. So let's dive right into it. What do I mean dwelling? Okay, dwelling is capturing the idea of his presence is worth it. That, that to have the reign and rule of the king over your life means that he is there. That there is a presence to the reality of the kingdom of heaven. That this can make and change and break everything just based on the presence of the Lord. I remember uh, Peter uh, was sharing it with a group of people that he was uh, trying to reach out to that had betrayed Jesus. This group of people after the death resurrection of Jesus that Peter was out to share with them in the book of Acts. So Acts 3, Peter is sharing with this group that, that hadn't encountered this yet of the true kingdom of God found in Christ. And this is the way he put it. He says, and now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. All right, like, like you, you hadn't found the treasure in the field yet as also did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer and he thus fulfill. Then this is talking about how do you get to the presence of the Lord, this reigning and ruling of the king. Repent, therefore, turn from your sins, turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Anytime you see Lord, think king. So like the presence of the king is refreshing. The presence of the king changes everything. So you want to get in the presence, you got to turn from the sins that you're choosing, that you're weighing out. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Continue down this path of sin? You're saying, no, the presence of the king is not worth the pain of the sin. So I'm going to push the pain of sin away, and I'm going to lift up the king, and I'm going to stay in the presence of the king. And that is what we're talking about here. This is the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. There is this dwelling of Christ. There is the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. There is the reality of Jesus saying, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. There is a dwelling that is promised to you if you are in this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God place. This is a reigning and ruling of God, and this is where it is found through the repentance of your sin, the dwelling of the Lord. That is a place you want to be. When you're making decisions, you invite the presence of the Lord into it. It's the idea and the concept that you've got all these different decisions to make, and, and it's like you're looking at him, you're going, okay, do I bring the Lord, do I bring the king into this? When I'm thinking about whether or not I want to stay married, or when you're thinking about whether or not you want to have more kids, when you're thinking about whether or not you should spend the money you're getting ready to spend, when you think about the house, the car, the vacation, whatever the choice is, have you invited the king into it? 
That is the dwelling of the king that you look at and you go, man, I, I want to invite the king into this part. I want his presence in this decision. So you have the dwelling. Next is dominion. So you have the, the dwelling, the presence of the king, and now the dominion of the king. His lordship is worth it. It's this idea that when you come under the reign and rule of the Lord, when you allow him to be foremost, when you allow him to speak into your life and into your decisions, that this king, when he has dominion and he has the free reign to make the call and you're, and you're going to be under his reign and rule, it is there that you find the king and the heavens open up with the presence of the Lord. So this is the way that Paul puts it um, in, in this reality of saying, knowing Christ Jesus, his king. He says this. He says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. But what is more is I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my King, my Lord. He's saying that just knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, changes everything. When I'm evaluating whether something's worth it, he's saying that knowing him, just knowing Christ Jesus, my King, having him dwelling near me and with me changes everything. He goes on. For whose sake I have lost all things. I, can, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Do you hear the language? I'm found in Christ. There's a way in which I can be in Christ and Christ can dwell in me. There's a way I can be in the king and the king in me. There's a way in which he can have lordship and dominion over me. There's a place that you can be where, the, where, where you just find the kingdom of heaven, where, where the kingdom of God is just surrounding and encapsulating you. Do you remember the rich young ruler? Do you remember that story of the rich young rich young ruler. It's, it's this idea of, of the rich young ruler going, hey, I want to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and how, does he, how does he make that decision? He says, hey, listen, I've been obedient to the commands and, and I still want to make it happen. And the Lord says, okay, there's just one thing I need you to do. Go sell your possessions and come and follow me. Now, you want to be living in the kingdom of heaven? You want to be under the kingdom of God? You want to have his kingship ruling over your life? Then you need to go get rid of that which you have placed ahead of me. And what did he do? He went away sad. And the disciples were like, what does this mean? Like, has there any hope to getting into the kingdom of heaven? Is there any hope to get there? And what does Jesus respond? Oh, man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Like, there's a way in which God can change your views and your values. Like, God can make it possible for the things that you are valuing right now and making bad decisions towards. There's a way in which his presence and his reality can change that for you to where suddenly he becomes premier and utmost he can change the value system of how you view things. Which brings us to our next point. Having the dwelling of the king, the dominion of the king, leads to our devotion to the king. Our obedience is worth it. Having our devotion of our life be to the king, to having our life look like a reflection of a representative of the king is absolutely worth it. In fact, this is the way Paul says it to the church of Colossians. He says this way and encouraging them. He says, let the... Let the message about Christ in all its riches, richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the King Lord Jesus. So he's saying is like, you got a lot of decisions, 35,000 decisions you make in a day. Whatever you do, that decision that you're going to be doing, or whatever you say, whatever decision you're going to say, 
do it as a representative, as, as one who is under and reflective of the king. And if you do that and you give thanks to him, to give thanks through him to God the Father. Like this is, this is the idea, this is the concept, is that it is, it is worth it to be fully devoted to the king. The way that Jesus explains this, and this is the one that really brings it all home. Jesus is getting ready to talk to us about the kingdom of God. And, and he's talking about all of our decisions and the anxiousness of our hearts. And Jesus says it this way, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, those who are not under the kingdom of, of God's reign and rule, that they're just, these are people away from God, that they seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So what he's saying here is like, if you seek first the reigning and ruling of the Lord over your life and his righteousness, not your own. All these other things you're worried about, he will take care of. He will take care of. The dwelling of the king, the dominion of the king, and our devotion to the king. In making this decision to leave and go to Bridgepoint, we had to seek first to allow the king to reign and rule over our decision. And to do that for us meant that I went to the mentors that God has placed in my life. I went to Ken Eidelman and Aaron Lee, and I went to our leadership here and the elders, and we all worked through this together over the last six months or so. We had been working on this process of thinking, is this where Brian is being sent? How do we affirm that? How do we get behind that? And folks, united on all fronts, the entire church was aligned and our leadership was aligned going for the kingdom and glory of God, for his righteousness, for his glory. Yes, go. There's a couple of reasons on why they said this really matched up and went well. And one of those reasons is this area that God is sending me to is ranked in about the top 30th in least church affiliation. Um, the, the people there are similar to the Northeast areas where we go church plant churches, is this is an area that is just unchurched. There's so many people there. They're, they're, I was talking with the leadership there, and they said, we don't have a bump in attendance in Easter. Now, I've been in the Bible Belt my entire life. I've been in Virginia, Kansas, and here. Easter, it's a big deal. I don't know if y'all been around during Easter. People show up around here, right? They're saying down there, it's the same as the week before. It's not a cultural expectation. They just don't go to church. And they need somebody to come there and help them reach the community. They need someone to come in there and help them establish discipleship in small groups. They need help. And so that's part of what drew us to go, man, we really think that maybe Brian and his family can really help them. The other thing is, is that in 2016, well, 2016, 2017, 2018, they were in the top 100 fastest growing Christian churches in America in an area where they are not having a lot of church tenants. And so what we found out is that God is moving and changing things there, but they had so many people coming to the church, they were having a hard time figuring out where to put them. And so they left behind some of the things that were so important on the outreach and in the discipleship that they're like, man, we want Brian to come in and help us establish a model in a way in which we can basically take OCC and the way you guys have built in and poured into me and go and make disciples there. 
This was just an affirmation after affirmation that this was where God was sending. I also did mention it was in Florida, and I also did mention that uh, I hadn't mentioned yet, but Stephanie's parents happened to be one hour away. It's beautiful gift of grace that my wife, after all she's been through, of any place that God would send us, and we would say yes to anywhere God would send us, that of all places he would send us would be where she could have her mom and dad and our, our kiddos get to have their uh, grandparents. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Things you would never expect or imagine is found in the reigning and ruling of the Lord. So um, one thing I wanted to share with you, uh, I, had, um, I had an opportunity. I don't, have you ever guys ever got lost on these like uh, social media, Facebook video feeds where you just get one video and you just keep on scrolling and before you know it, it's like 30 minutes is gone, an hour is gone and you just keep on finding more videos. Like, so, so I had that, uh, maybe I'm the only one. So anyways, it happened to me. Um, and so I'm looking at this. And, and so like, I'm not proud of this, but like sometimes I get caught up in like these videos of like when animals attack. Have you ever been like, you ever, anybody, is that just... I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying, like, you get into one of those, you're like, you're looking at it's like when animals tag, you're just seeing like, oh, you're just like, oh my goodness, watch another one. You know, so you're just, so, so there was this one that I ran into, and it was just like, it just stunned me. Uh, partly because you saw the small group I was part of, and I was like, I could see us doing that. They were like, hey, we got an idea. Let's do a photo together. Like, awesome. Well, where should we go? I don't know. Let's take a picture with a lion. And I was like, Okay, so this is a documentary of these, these small, you know, they're in their 20s or whatever, and they all go, and they pose with a lion, a live lion that's tame, and they go over there, and they're, like, petting its mane, and they're, like, laying next to it and taking pictures and stuff, and, um, and I don't know about you, I'm not, like I said, God's still re- changing me and helping me, but this is one of those times that, like, I wasn't... the kingdom of God wasn't quite there yet. Like it was, I was kind of rooting for the lion. Like, I, like, I, don't, know, you're like, I don't know if you've ever done this. Like, you're watching it, and you're just kind of like... Get them. Like, you know, it's like, I'm not saying I should. I'm saying I did. It's confession, okay? So I'm watching it, and then, like, all of a sudden the video breaks, and then, like, you just hear, like, some screaming, and then there's, like, an article about five people that have been mauled by a lion. They didn't die. It's fine. But, like, you're, like there's, there's part of it that you're looking at, and you're just like, yeah, you're, you're messing with a lion. Like, it's going to happen. Like, you shouldn't mess with a lion. Like, there's, there's something about an enemy that's kind of like, yeah, go, boy. Like, get them. Like, that's, like you are made to be ferocious. You are the king. You're the king of the jungle. Like, watch Lion King. It's real. Like, this, this is like a real deal. Like, this is a real lion. Like, this is, if you ever been to the Louisville Zoo, anybody ever been to the Louisville Zoo and heard the lion roar? You can't even reenact that. Like, you're walking around, everybody's having fun, talking, looking at the monkeys or something, and all of a sudden you hear, like that, and everybody stops and goes, like, everybody pays attention to the king. Like, when the king speaks up, everybody stops and goes, okay, king, we hear you. And, And that's when I was thinking about this kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, like, how, is there a visual I can give you that, that speaks to the reality of this place of where there's a king and there's a savior? And I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there's a beautiful visual of our savior and our king. The lion and the lamb. This, this reigning and ruling of our king. The God of all creation in Christ. When you walk into the presence of the king, you ought to walk with reverence. 
we have been brought in in a beautiful spot where we're saying the Savior is saying, come. And yet the king is reigning over and say, trust me. The power of, of all things were made by him and through him and for him found in Christ. And yet he is asking us to be drawn in. The kingdom of heaven is like the lion and the lamb reigning and ruling over every area of you. Every one of us have a next step. And my final words of challenging this church would be this. Let the reigning, let the Lord, let the king reign over your heart. First step is let him reign over your heart. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, and if you never said, Lord, the heart in scripture talks about all of you. Like it's just, it encapsulates all of that you are. Did you just give it over to him and you just let him reign and rule over you? Surrender and let him reign. Let him reign over your heart. Maybe for some of us, our next step is just to let him reign over our Sunday mornings. See, it started with me saying yes to getting out of bed and coming and giving the Lord my Sunday mornings, having no idea that I one day would be here preaching to you today. It started with saying yes to the Lord to get up and give him my Sunday morning. Or maybe you've given him your Sunday mornings. Maybe the next thing for you is to, to get in a group of people that can love you and know you, and that would be your Sunday night. That you give, you, give, you give the Lord your Sunday nights and you choose to be a part of the Chosen series and you group up together and you love one another. The groups that loved on me changed my life here at this church. Maybe that's the next step for you. Maybe it's your area of finances. Maybe, maybe if I could challenge you to do anything, it would be to let the presence and the dwelling of the Lord, the dominion of the Lord, enter into your finances. Let him into your bank account. Let him own it. Let him know it. Let him be there. And let him reign. Let him choose to help you be selfless and giving in an area that so many of us hold so tight. Maybe it's your daily time with the Lord. Maybe you need to just give the Lord your daily devotions. You just need to surrender every day to the king and remember the lion and the lamb. Remember the king and the savior and remember who it is that you are serving and have given your life to. Maybe it's in your tongue and your conversations. Maybe it's the way you need to let the Lord reign over your tongue. And you need to surrender the fact that you're speaking poorly and that you're not sharing with your neighbors, you're not sharing with your uncles and your aunts and your, your loved ones. You're, you're not using your voice to profess the good news of Jesus. And lastly, maybe it's your hands and feet. Maybe it's that you need to get serving, you need to get going, and you need to let the Lord reign over your hands and feet. What am I saying in all of this? I'm saying let the Lord reign over all of you. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. If you find it, you'll go sell everything you have to be obedient to the king. Why? Simply put, the presence of the Lord, obedience to him, is always, always worth it. And I want these to be the final words from my heart with the Lord speaking through me to you the last time while on staff. 
trust the king. Obey the king. Surrender him. You will never regret it. Let me pray. It has been the greatest honor of my life, Lord, to serve you in this body. I never thought I could love people as much as I love this people. So, King, we thank you. I thank you for letting me speak every word you've let me speak. For every door you let me open to greet people in. For the times you let me speak to our kiddos here. For the times that I was sweeping dead flies off of the women's bathroom to the times that I got to stand in front of thousands for Easter. Every moment of surrender to you, Lord, has been worth it. God, I pray that right now in this body, there's people out here that they have not surrendered to you, King. And Lord, I pray that right now they will see maybe in a slight dim reflection of my life that there is no better place to be than surrender to you. May we all be a reflection of you as our king. May we all surrender to you because Lord Jesus, my savior, you are always, always worth it. May we search the whole world and see that it doesn't hold a candle to you. May we see that in every way you are better. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.